For one zillion dollars, the question is, who let the dogs out? Oh my god. Who let the dogs out? Oof, 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 oof. Who let the dogs out? Oof, 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 oof. Who let the dogs out? Oof, 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 oof. Who let the dogs out? Oof, oof, oof. Well, the party was nice, the party was pumping. Hey. Ah, yippee, yo. Yeah, yippee, yo. And everybody having a ball. Ah, yippee, yo. Until the fellow started name calling. Yippee, yo. And the girls respond to that call. I heard a woman shout the out. Woman shout, who, who let, let the, the dogs out? Oof. 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 Oh um, uh, this dog has rights. That's uh different. Dog bark. The whole ah so good good AMP mga mom so you're listening to the Strict Secret podcast and after about two weeks of unexcusable absence, I'm here with fucking Tevis. Renzo fucking Tevis. Do you have anything to say? Explain yourself. I- Monster Hunter was a really fun game. My friend gave gifted to me, and uh, I felt like it's a obligation that I had to play if with him because he asked manager, me. If I was a manager, your ass would be fired and on the streets. Let me just say. Yeah, boss. I'll. I said I'll make it up to you, boss. How? By giving at least better topics. Whatever, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so I. So, how was your week, Davis? We'll start with the small talk, because I haven't talked Pretty to you in fucking a while, actually. Well, uh, quite busy, actually. I'm preparing for the Help Summit. Aside from playing the game, for his only two days, Monster Hunter only lasted two days. Um, I was playing... Summit? Yeah, Help Summit. Um, we're going to talk about how to help people with mental health, because uh, I think it's a really useful skill, honestly. Because I think that we should reach out to everyone. That's why I wanna. I'm really interested in everyone learning how to. Everyone except Stirk Sakurit, huh? Uh, especially Stirk Sakurit. Dog. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! But it, that's a psychology thing, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, I'm gonna go there out of my own tradition, and then we're gonna run some simulations there. Um, of how to help people in different situations. That's why I'm interested in it, because gotta prepare for whatever comes ahead you know like what i mean like you want to yeah. know how to be what you call that uh, how to know me if you're doing the right thing because like you never really know until you actually you're until you're actually put in the situation because uh there was this one time okay so let's assume i was uh trying to get some people in exchange right talking to each person I yeah. forgot Benil was also a deaf school. So I came up to this girl. We we put up she was eating ice cream. My friend was like, yo, we should uh ask her to join exchange. All right, let's get a setup. And then he searched, we Google search. She was saying she was eating ice cream. We we're like asking, 
where did where did ice cream come from first? And it said, uh, from China apparently. It said where the where the very first ice cream came from. And I was like, ooh, we can't we can't sell that. So we went to the second one, which is Turkey. So the one that we approached the girl, we're like, hey, do you like ice? Cream? We were like, what do you call that? Do you know where your ice cream comes from? And she just looked at us with a with a question mark in her head, yeah, and she pointed I to ears. That too, if you just came up to me and asked that. Well, I mean, it was effective. I mean, it usually gets people's attention. It is a, it, it provides a friendly vibe, you know. Well, when I pulled, it depends how you asked it, you know, like. Yeah, that's true. The people, the people everything. in your department look like they're. Uh, they all look like the same, you know. You know what I'm saying? Wait, have you met them? No, oh, I never saw you, you a photo you, of them. You showed me pictures. But and... I think is this guild or this two different Wait. things? The people oh, in guild okay, are like. Yeah, guild. Oh, never mind. I don't guild know. Are very, I don't uh, no, they're I'm, very uh. Because I'm picturing it like this, where it's like they're really awkward and they would reward. They would. Oh, that's they would probably, they would probably say the question out in such a weird way and it's like completely monotone. And they're like, you know where your ice cream comes from? It's like super weird <laughs> out of nowhere. And it's like, huh? It's like they. they nah, it's actually, like they, they, they think they're being like some fucking uh. I don't know. It's like it's like they get give like hard like Gus Johnson vibes or something. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, don't worry about it. Actually, um, that was uh, I would say those people come from Guild because they're they're sometimes uh a little bit off. But then other than that, they're <laughs> they're a little bit off. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, gotta, gotta, gotta add a little bit of uh, gotta be uh, gotta be uh, add some uh, gotta be a little bit polite. Gotta extra. But then, like I was saying, they're these people are very, uh, very friendly, very active. The ones I'm meeting right now, because these guys don't come from my course. Eh? These guys come from multiple courses at once. They're from MMA, they got some people in shrimp and all that. Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking, yeah, which because of that, yeah. We're, these guys are a really wholesome and sociable bunch. Like it's really rare to find an ori that's where everyone's like uh, really close to one another. I think most orgs are like that. Filipino universities are kind of like known for having the orgs are tighter than most friend groups. Aye, that's why I hear. Um, but um, sadly, from my friends in La Salle, um, orgs are kind of dying. That's so. Oh uh, yeah, that's what I heard from uh my friends in over in La Salle. They like say, "Oh, dude, orgs are dead. They're like, there's barely no activities." It depends on the org rating because, like, if you look true, at, if you look at Bobby, right, like the HTG is very much alive. You know, it's alive. Of course, well. I think it makes sense because honestly, Bobby's a very passionate member, and he's a very he's been. I hear that he's always been an active member because he's always been interested in it. Like. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, Bobby's always been that guy. So I mean, uh, that uh, guy. Uh. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like he is passionate boy. You know, very yeah, good, see? very good, very passionate boy. No, it's but very like, important, you know. I mean, because like all of almost all of his friends, if they're not sausage dogs, are HDG people. Like he doesn't really ah, talk, he doesn't really speak. talk to his block. His block is like completely alienated from each other. Uh, for me, I'm pretty close to my block. And aside from that, I'm also talking to 
a lot more people outside from my block because you know put in uh, the situation yeah most of most of my friends now are outside my block my block has lynched me and my my block <laughs> uh socially pretty much just mass murdered me my block uh, cut shit. me up into many pieces and archelied me and now i don't hang with them i hang out with like three people from my block that's about it oh shoot i would love I feel so bad for hearing that, man. Like, I'm pretty sure you'll find. No, I mean, I'm not. I'm not terribly sad about it. They were, they were toxic. I'm glad that they're gone. Ah, uh, well, yeah, that's yeah, true. You know, I'm like, glad you're able to strip off the toxic part because, like, most people have a tendency that they don't believe that. Um, what do you call it? They can never. They know it's toxic, but they still maintain those kind yeah, of friends. Know, I was just telling Bobby that you know, you know, it was Valentine's Day and. I was telling Bobby that there was this couple in my in my in my uni, well not really mm-hmm. my uni, but uh one of but but one but one of the guy works, the girl goes to my uni, uh, yes. but not my department, it's a different department, but I know the girl like as an acquaintance and, uh and I was telling them that the their their couple dynamic pisses me off so hard. Because the is that so? The thing about them is that the girl is like a people pleaser, completely submissive to the guy. She's one of those girls mm-hmm. who it's like okay. she, will, she will go above and beyond to please the guy, right? Oh, that's like kind of sad. She, she will, she will, she will actually like, she will actually, leave, she will like, she will like drop everything to just have a date with the guy. She kind of girl who would flake out on her friends. To, to just hang out at the guy's place and have coffee with him. Honestly, um, but, I but think... He, but the thing it, about it is that the guy, the worst part is that the guy is an yeah. absolute fucking beta male. The, that doesn't the, the, make the sense. Guy, the, that the, the dicks. Yeah. So it's like you expect like, oh, this girl's probably with this chad of a dude who is like, you know, hey, babe, you know, like that. But this guy mm-hmm. is like, this guy's a scrawny fuck. He's, he's like... He's like he's like a top tier simp, you know, like you know what a simp is, right? Yeah, yeah. This guy, this guy is such a hard simp. Well, I, I, from what I noticed, this, like this... a lot of those people I meet that are like that, um, those relationships never last long. Okay, they, they like... don't. I, I have a feeling this will end soon, but they've been two years. So wow, but I think the two years comes from the fact that she's too pussy to fucking leave him. Cause like the thing is, she <laughs> she she's got hots for other guys. But she's stuck oh, with this guy, and she doesn't want to leave him. Cause I think okay, in the I back of think... in the back of her mind, she knows that this guy is like a hard simp. Because I met the yeah. guy, so mm-hmm. this this so this girl and I are like, uh, we we eat lunch sometimes because we have like one class together. And yeah. the guy hates me just because he sees me alone with her sometimes. So this one time, I was like fucking, I I ended up third wheeling them by accident. And the guy yeah, gave yeah. the guy gave me silent treatment. He's such a fucking loser. I talk He's to so him, secure. I, I talk to him and then he like pouts and looks the other way. I'm like, what's wrong with you? I think uh, that thought he was trying to be he's, cute. He's like, he trying to be I'm cute, like, what buddy. the fuck's the matter with you? I'm just trying to be an I'm trying to be friendly here. So it's like he just talks to the girl like I'm not there and then I, I try to add to the conversation and the guy's just like uh 
okay. Yeah, I'm like, fuck you, you fucking cunt. Anyway. Oh, I, I really think he's insecure about himself. But honestly, the girl also, like, the thing is, if when people want to leave the... It's either because they don't... It's usually the case. The case is usually because they don't have enough self-respect for themselves to leave the here's, person. Here's my... In my experience, the reason why most relationships fail if it's not from like a fight, a really big fight that happens in between where we, you can they cannot reach an agreement, it's usually because the ethos is wrong. The the purpose of people getting into it is wrong. Cause like personally me, I'm kind of picky of who I get into like a uh, uh relationship with. Mm-hmm. I I make sure that there there's stability there's like a connection before i dive into it because like the dating culture of the 21st century states that you you date someone and you get to know them as you're dating i think fundamentally that 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 framework is wrong because the reason is if you apply this framework you will find people faster but will you be happier that's debatable because because it's you're dealing with too much like unknown variables. I think if the ethos is wrong, I think the whole thing is bound to be wrong. Yeah, but you know, some people just tend to force a relationship and stuff. Yeah, some people like what I think is people who force relationships like too fast. I think personally, I think that they have a self-esteem problem. Yeah, because it's really I, because I think I think I'm not saying that you should go for romantic relationships because I think romance is kind of like an overdone bullshit kind of concept, but there mm-hmm. is a, such a thing as a genuine relationship that doesn't have to be yeah. a, it, like a relationships don't need to be like rom coms in the in their theme, but then they, they need to be real. And the thing is like you do, the the pursuit of most people is that they start one out like really early, and then it gets real over time. I think what I would do, what I think the better course of action is to have a real connection with someone before you have a relationship with them. Yeah, it's not like I like people say. Uh, a lot of people say romance is way too romanticized. You know, romanticized. That's the right. Yeah. That's the right word. Yeah, romance is like, such an overdone, stupid concept. I think like like a lot of people think rom- romance has to be this faithful meeting. And no, sure, no, if that no. happens to you, that's good. But Honestly, it doesn't. Like it, it usually has to start like how you meet a friend, right? It all mm. begins there, and the relationship grows. It's natural. That, that that's what that's what J- Japanese people believe, right? Like, uh, and you know the Japanese concept of like the Japanese. A lot of Japanese people believe in soulmates. Ah. Uh, they they believe that you know that the red string of fate it's tied to someone else, and they're. And over time, as they live life, the 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 string shortens and unravels until they meet each other. Mm-hmm. That's the but most Japanese girls now are actually like really loose with who they date. They date anybody. They're super loose. Oh, they're, they're, ah, so, Japanese girls like eat, what do you mean? They eat with their eyes first, and if you pass that test, chances are they'll they'll, they'll want to date you. They don't care how ah. they don't care how shallow or weird you are. Uh, I think in the Philippines it's kind of the opposite, you know, because like, I mean, at least they eat. In my uh, experience, yeah, Filipino girls want something real, but they kind of rush it too much. All of them wanna, all of them want to find like the one, the real one, and have yeah. a genuine connection. But, but it's the, weird. The, Most but of them the thing, like the thing uh... is they go, they go way too quickly. And the, the thing is, in Japanese culture, the thirsty ones are the girls. 
In Filipino mm-hmm. culture, the thirsty ones are the guys. It's the guys. The guys are absolutely fucking thirsty in the Philippines, I think, yes. Oof. Well, um, I think it's also the girls to play. Honestly, the girls also tend to a lot. I've met a lot of people. They're dating guys who are like F-boys, like that. F-boys, because that's easy. Because the thing about F- F-boys are the thirstiest ones, that's the thing. F-boys are thirsty as fuck. They, they yeah, don't... but trust me, it gets annoying when they complain, oh, why did this guy treat me like this? And like, it makes you wonder, I wonder why. I don't want to be racist, but I go to an international school. And mm-hmm. every every single race, every single cultural background has a different standard of what it means to, to you know, to, to date and to have a romantic partner. But the worst ones I've seen are the Africans. Well, it depends which part of Africa. You'd be surprised. Africans have beef with each other. Huh? Well, a lot of them do. Like, like, like I had a friend from Botswana who mentioned that Nigeria yeah. is the China of Africa. Nigeria? How? Wait, I don't get it. How? Why so? Is this similar to? Exactly. I know this in uh, cinema. Well, not. Be, I know it's wrong to base on cinema, but um, cinema usually holds a strong culture of what people portray, right? Um, is it true that? Is it similar to the aspect that, like, how quote unquote African Americans, when they meet each other in certain areas, they call it their turf and territory, some like gangster stuff. Is it similar to the aspect you're referring to, or no? What I'm saying is like there's a different like value. There's a different set of values for every culture. For example, um, there's this African guy in my uni's master's department, and we have an inside joke among Filipinos that the this guy this guy has the loosest fucking dating culture in the world, and <laughs> the thing is, all of the friends he hangs out with, and they're all Africans, they all think the same yeah. thing. And their their mentality is the basta my butas mentality. But, but, ah, that's basta nasty. Eh, that's, that's really racist. Basta by my butas, okay na. No, no, because this this guy, like, I think has been R. Kelly more than one times, more than a few times. And, and uh, unlike me, uh, there are girls who actually say that, oh, he made an advantage, he made a move on me. I said, they said yes, so they can't say anything, but, you know, I'll avoid this because it might be too controversial, but, you know, some people mm-hmm. are just wild. But, yeah, you know, Valentine's Day, I just had to bring this this simp couple up because they pissed me off so much. Especially uh, since, well... and I don't know why, the girl keeps asking me out to third wheel for them. I'm like, fuck, dude, like, I, I would because you're my friend, but, like, this guy is pissing me off. Yo, I honestly think that at this point, it's good that you're helping her, but sometimes these are things oh, she no, has to figure out on herself. That's not my problem. I don't really care what happens to her relationship. Most of the time, I just go with them because I have nothing better to do. Ah, that's like, fine. I, like, I know better than to interfere with that shit. That's not my problem. And I kind of just go because I feel like I'm doing her a favor. And part I think part of her is like, she doesn't like being with this guy. Because she always texts me when they're dating. It's like, well, you're dating him. Why don't you talk to him? And she's like, no. Nah. Yeah, all right. That's really rude. I'm like, so I don't know. Is she, is she's happy. If she's if but the thing is it's not my job to to train her to tell her to be like uh to to, no, it really to, isn't. to like to to fuck off from this guy. 
The guy's not an asshole. That's the thing. The guy's not an asshole. He's just so fucking rude and he's just like you know he's one of those self-important elitist guys. He's like he's like that. It's ah, like, privilege. Like like it's like think of an Athenian thinking someone is squatter. You know. That's yeah. It's, <laughs> he's like that because he's kind of like a rich guy. So the way he he acts like super pompous and like really full of himself and it pisses me off. Ah, uh, I think you mean entitled. That's the word. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like he's such a piss out. He's an entitled person, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. The feeling of it. I have I had a similar story like that as well. You know, like uh, that was also on Valentine's the week before Valentine's Day. I think I did, I don't remember telling this to you. Yeah. What's up? It was a shitty experience. Um, so I was friends with this girl, right? Uh-huh. And then there was this guy that's been courting her like like almost like three semesters. So he cried when he couldn't three get her. Three semesters? Jesus. Yeah. And then the girl cried and she was like, no, no, not the girl. The guy cried because he, he said, oh, you know what? It's okay. I really, what do you call that? I'm really... I'm really there for you, right? And then oh those my classic. God. Any oh, any guy then... who says I'm there for you, like unironically, oh, just like. But when the guy, but this was the guy crying also, because but then guess what happened? They're dating now. Yes, they felt she. I don't know why. I think the girl felt bad for him. Oh, it's a pity date. Oh, I know those. We I, know, don't... I, know, I know girls who do that. I know guys who like emotionally blackmail girls to date them, and it's so fucking. Yeah, bad. I know it's messed up, but usually I'm not really interested i don't really put myself there in order to help one person yeah. but i was forced to i was put in this situation ironically hmm. and guess what guess what i was caught guess what the, the guy did to me i was doing my i was talking with a girl we've been he good friends called you a simp <laughs> nah nah man nah Here's what he did. Okay, so I was talking to her. My PC was broken. All right. So my since the PC was broken, I decided to use her school PC because she had the laptop. And I asked, her, and because we're on the same team, I have to do my pay, I have to do my work right so I can finish it. I don't like letting my work pile up, right? You you know, college tactics, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was here. I am typing and talking to her, and then what you call that? And then the boyfriend suddenly comes out of nowhere, and then he hugs her. No, oh, you told he me slowly... the story. I know the story. Oh, I did. Me. Yeah. Well, I did. I don't think I told it. To... <laughs> uh, not to our listeners. Yeah, I, 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 we have to tell our listeners about this. So, this guy pu- touched my shoulder, slowly pushed me away from her while I'm typing, and I just stopped. I was like, "Really, man? I'm trying to finish this." And then he looked at me. And I hugged the girl in front of me and said, "You'll never have this." I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What? You'll never thought... have this. You'll... It's not like, even oh. her. It's this. <laughs> yeah, it's this. Like, ooh. You'll never have this. This. This object. This thing. It's mine. And all right, like, you'll never have this wholesome Babe, thing we have here. That's embarrassing. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh god, honestly, if okay, if you had a relationship and your girl ever did that in front of another person, honestly, I you wouldn't you be disgusted? Anyone would. You'll never have this. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm fucking gay, and I just said, wow, this guy, this guy right here, it really shows how much he, uh, how much would you call that? How much, 
how insecure this guy really is. And I'm like, that's that's sad. It's awful. Yeah, it's terrible. It's, it's really sad. Really makes you wonder, like, fudge. Mm, so, I do actually want to double down on that. But, wait, give me a second. Okay. So, yeah, I do want to double down on that. Yui. And, yeah, it's just so, it's just like, because I, I remember I watched a TED Talk, okay? And this TED right. Talk was really nice. So, let's say, Tevez, you have a friend, and your friend is making a lot of stupid decisions, alright? Mm -hmm. Can you picture the scenario? Your friend, your friend is making a lot of dumb moves, and she's being just dumb in general. Uh, what can you do, right? What can you do to prevent that from ha from happening? And you should. Th there was a psychologist who he who had a theory called the the. I don't know if I talked about this. The 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 drama know, yeah. the, the drama the drama triangle. A drama triangle. I think I'm quite familiar with that one from what I hear. Uh, so I think. So it's like I, I think if I remember that it went something like this. You have the person that the drama surrounds. That's one point of the triangle. The other mm -hmm. point of the triangle is the person spreading drama. And the other point are the people who receive the drama and formulate an opinion ah, about that's the true. person. So you don't exist in the triangle. So what do you, so your your goal is to let's say that the person in point A, the guy who is the drama is about is your friend. How do you help your friend? And most people say would say something like, "You take action. You you have an active role in preventing the drama from spreading." But the mm -hmm. drama. But then the, the thing is, when you take action, you add yourself to the drama triangle, and you yeah, and, right? all, and all and all parties lose because of that. You make everything. Is that worse. usually the best way to so, um, not be a part of it at all? Yes. Even though. So how do you help someone without being part of it? So the thing is, like, what most people do is, like, let's say that you have a girl, you have a friend who's a girl, and the, the drama surrounding this friend is that she's a slut. And, right. then, and then let's say that you go out of your way to try to prove that she's not a slut. You end up adding to the problem, and you become part of the triangle. And the thing about the triangle is that all three people in the triangle lose something. And the idea is that you're not supposed to be in the triangle. You don't want to be a part of the losing action so what do you do so the psychologist says that what you should do is instead the way he said it is don't be a savior be a coach teach people how to go past the drama don't do anything let them do the action just teach them it's, True, educa so like... it's education so the thing is i it i i happened upon this ted talk at a time when I actually was getting punished for doing that, for going out of my way to help to help a, a a former friend. She's not my friend anymore. I went out of my way to help a friend, and this resulted in me getting like a shit ton of flack, and it accumulated with me getting like fucking R. Kelly in, in front of my entire <laughs> block. And within the span of like less than a, within within the span of a week, I effectively lost my position and all of my friends in that block. Everyone thought I I was. Everyone thought that oh Kobe's a fucking degenerate. So, 
That's why I don't hang out with those guys anymore. But it was all because I decided to take the faulty approach and be like, I'm gonna be the savior. I'm going to I'm going to right this wrong, and it fucking fucked me over. Because well, look at it. This because the the worst part was that I got effed over by the guy I was trying to help. Yeah. Because, because the 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 issue that I was trying to solve, so to speak, was that I was trying to help her out of a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was going well for a while, but in the somewhere in the middle, she decided that she felt bad for the guy, and she ended up siding with her toxic boyfriend. And the thing was, she was kind of popular with a lot of people, so she used that popularity to kind of like put me on the ground. So that's what happened. I got mean grilled basically. In fucking college. She's. And now, in hindsight, I'm like, maybe I should have acted differently. Maybe I shouldn't have made such an active role in trying to split them up because I knew that the guy was toxic. True, because uh, like when you, the moment you get part, you you join that triangle, you're definitely uh, you never really know. It's always a one out of three chance that you might actually be the one they're targeting because yeah. anything can happen with that triangle. Yeah. So. I screwed myself over by doing that, and the thing is, like, you know, you can't account for the individuality of everyone involved because mass hysteria is powerful. There, there, there's a whole <laughs> field of psychology dedicated to studying the effects of hysteria, and hysteria cost me my social life, and uh, I had to start from scratch and make new friends. All right. Mm-hmm. So how's it doing now? Oh, it's great. I have better friends. I have friends who are. And the people in that group who haven't lynched me yet are my real are like I I have more respect for them than I ever had in the past. Wait, more respect? Because there are people in that in my block. There are people in that friend group <laughs> who who said that oh Kobe is probably not that bad because we don't know the full story. And these guys are in the hard minority. There's like three of them, and I love these three guys because they didn't listen. They, they didn't listen to the hysteria. They because a lot of them, a lot of them, a lot of the, my blockmates are really like mean girls. Like literally Regina George. They will give you ultimatums. You have to throw Kobe under the bus or we'll throw you under the bus. It's like that. Okay, that's very uh, immature because... And would you believe you these know, fuckers are in their 20s? These guys are in their fucking 20s. Oh my god. Like, I don't see why you'd give someone an ultimatum unless... Like I understand because it's a drama thing, but it wasn't that serious like that to the point that you wanna execute the guy. Oh my god, they overblow everything on a proportion, but you know. I think they were rather bored. What do you think? No, they're not well, they're bored now because the thing was I was one of the, I was the social glue of that group. And they didn't know that. Yeah. I, I was like this group and I was like really I was like kind of like putting I was the one who was planning the events, this and that. Like I was kind of like one of the key figures in the group. I was the social glue, and then they mm-hmm. they, they they fucking lynch the social glue. It falls apart. Go figure. Now 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 they don't talk to each other. Well, that's good because like they kind of deserve it. I know. Anyway, I digress. That's a. So. Oh, that was a fun. We we can continue this next time. I really enjoyed that part. Well, yeah. I hope it probably gets better. Anyway, so I made a poll on Facebook and I asked you to vote for the topic that you would like to discuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Oh, sorry. And I'm drinking orange juice. And um, orange juice and smoking. <laughs> really good combination. <laughs> so, the topic that you voted for was a philosophical one. Which means you're going to have to do some thinking. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Um, Actually, the reason why I picked that topic, I think it has something to do... What was the topic again? Ethics, right? Ethics and free will name? from a standpoint right? of Christian Platonism. I'll explain what now, that is. Well, I, I picked that because we call it. I think we can relate that topic to, to what? what we just talked about earlier. Um, You could, but when I think about free will and ethics, especially in the Christian context, I like to look mm-hmm. at it in a very ontological sense you know it's very metaphysical not so much relative to situation but more general you know i hope you know mm. this, i hope you know what i'm saying so uh Wait, me... how do you make hmm? yeah i was gonna say can you dumb it down once more so i can understand it because i yeah, think i so... get what you mean it's just that i'm not really sure if... so when i say ontology ontology refers to the status of being related to the nature of being. That's what ontological means. It's philosoph- it's philosophy jargon. When you say mm-hmm. ontological, you mean it's related to the nature of being, existing. Mm-hmm. And when you, I say metaphysical, that's also jargon. You talk about something that is fundamentally conceptual in that it's it's a it's something that exists beyond existence beyond actual empirical existence metaphysically like when you say metaphysics right you ask questions like what is a chair <laughs> that's a meme if you don't remember <laughs> all right that, that, that's a meme in senior high school <laughs> the what is a chair it's a stem meme so we wouldn't know i only knew about that like really recently well i don't get that meme i don't think i was I, oh, I heard was, that. Remember, um, rem- there was, there was, so there was this, there was this student in STEM in our high school, who watched a video on like John Paul Sartre, and one of the questions John Paul Sartre asked in like one of his books was, "What is a chair?" And he thought he was like super woke, so he kept going around asking people, "What is a chair?" Mm-hmm. And it was, it was kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so that's what metaphysics deals with. So when you're talking about free will and Christianity. Uh, free will is a very it's kind of a big deal in Christianity and in the Christian context free will and morality are not separated they are connected so let me ask you if you remember from your catechism class the thing is I'm not going to approach this topic as a Catholic I'm going to approach this as a philosopher so to speak so i'm going to drop all my preconceived notions of what i believe god is and i'm going to look at it purely conceptually right okay so so if you ask a catholic like where does your free will come from they will say it comes from grace right true and the hell is grace? That's a question we need to answer. What the fuck does grace mean? Isn't grace supposed to be actually? Now that I think about it, isn't? But grace remember, the... we're look we're looking at it from a different point of view, not a Catholic point of view. It's like um, it's not like 
a cautious goodwill. Because like we say grace for many in many situations, like uh when we when we people say say grace when we pray, it's like a it's like to offer goodwill to God or something. Like all oh, offering credit now I know. It's related. Like we offer credit. It's related right? we in offer, some it's... way, but that's not the full story. So. Uh, oh, it's not. How if, so? If you look at it, so the the general philosophical like definition of grace, like from someone outside the Catholic faith, is that grace is a matter of choice, but whose mm-hmm. choice? So it asks the question like, do we choose God, or does God choose us? And first of all, Wait. what 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 does God mean? What is God? But we, mm-hmm. that's a, that's an entirely different question. But for the sake of but then like let let let, let so let me reword that. Do we choose the entity or the concept that we submit ourselves to, or does that choose us? An easy huh. way, to, an easy general way to look at God here is to look at God as a sort of idea that determines us rather than us determining our rather than us determining the idea get it in a way so 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 far okay you know and the 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 idea of how we choose god is like one of the fundamental differences of many religions right Mm -hmm. jews believe that god chose them because they had that spiritual sort of branding where it's like we are his chosen people and it was not something that was related to like their morality or who they were it was just that they were chosen because they were jews right christians don't believe that christians believe that god uh chose them because they were inherently good good creations that's the thing Christians have more have a more moral compass than Jews if you look at it in that sense. Mm-hmm. And Jesus did say, "You didn't choose me; I chose you." So, but the thing is, like many people are divided on that question. Like, do you choose God or does God choose you? Because now it, it begs the question about free will, right? Like, if God chose you, does that deny your free will? Not really. Exactly. I wouldn't yeah. say exactly because I think the definition of free will is God can still choose you as long as He's given you the the freedom of choice, right? Mm-hmm. So there That's are many, 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 many answers to that question. But the one that I think that that was one of the best ones, the best way to answer this question was introduced by uh, Saint Augustine. Ah, Saint. Oh, okay. I think I feel like I remember him. Did we have that topic before in high school? Um, a few times, but but like it was more or more or less just touched upon. We didn't focus on him. And the thing about Saint Augustine is that Saint Augustine is one of my favorite um philosophers of all time. I don't think when. Sigmund Freud was Sigmund your favorite. Freud is not a philosopher, and Sigmund Freud is far from my favorite. He's nowhere near my favorite. Sigmund Freud is a psychologist, and no, he is not my favorite. I just think he's cool because he smokes a cigar all the time. 
man, it really reminds you of every way you call that. How people, how you know, this is how people in old cartoons they always talk about like how you're not supposed to smoke, and then yet when you look at the dad in like Powerpuff Girls, you, you literally see the dad smoking. Like smoking is bad. He's like puffing that old thing where he, he burns. Smoked a pipe smoke. like every time he's on screen. Yeah, professor. You right, it's you still smoking. <laughs> like my god. But yeah, let's but, go back. Then, um. So yeah, Augustine. You know, Augustine inspired me to like. Re- rethink religion right because like you know that when i was in high school i was like a hardcore atheist right yeah i remember that i i felt it i you talked to me about it you, you even mm-hmm. asked bobby and me lots of questions yeah i was such a cunt about it but augustine reading re-reading augustine made me sort of go back a little bit to my religious roots if you ask me now whether like i am what religion i am like a lot of people ask mm-hmm. me like um, am i religious and it's such a difficult question for me to answer because you could say that epistemologically, epistemology is the branch of philosophy that deals with knowledge, by the way. Epistemologically, I'm a Christian and that, that it's kind of like what constitutes my values, my morality. But if you ask me like wh- how, what my belief in God is like, it's not Christian at all. It's yeah. far I, I'm a theistic agnostic. I think that's the proper word. Theistic in that I'm more inclined <laughs> to believe that there is something out there, but agnostic in that the nature of that something is kind of unknowable to me. Wait, unknowable to you? Yeah. Like, I can't figure it out. Thomas Aquinas actually said, I don't want to worship a god that I can I can comprehend. Well, I think was that kind of rather convenient in Catholic books where it said you you can you tend to not understand God because you're human or something. Uh, there's different ways to answer that question. Thomas Aquinas said that you can understand the concept of God, but not God itself. Thomas Aquinas right. Thomas Aquinas would not believe in the God that is like that 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 Southridge condition us to believe in. Aquinas would not believe in that God. That's that is, yeah, in fairness, because like I think we have to understand, right? Thomas Aquinas believed in a god that was more of a a force rather than a, a an entity. You know, Aquinas did not believe that God had like a personality. Aquinas believed really? that God was a constant. But one of the best definitions of God I heard, the one that changed my life, was Spinoza. I did an episode on Spinoza like a long time ago, like episode two. Spinoza believed that God was a verb. A verb. God is a process. God is the process of the universe realizing itself. In other words, God God is the laws of the universe. God is the order that the universe exists in. It's the sum of its parts, in essence. Mm-hmm. And that definition of God was like, wow, that was amazing. I like that. Because, like, if God is, because God, God as a verb is pretty, it's pretty intense way of looking at God, isn't it? Right, yeah. Um. When it kind of, because, like, I remember when we were forced to, quote unquote, understand, we weren't, the purpose of religion was to understand God, right? Back in our high school class. Yeah. It's ironic how, rather than, you know, usually you think that when the more you learn about God, 
in this certain aspect, the way they taught mm. us back in Southridge, it's yeah. ironic how a lot more people right. turn atheist than Catholic, right? Yeah, but the thing about the thing about atheism is not that they don't believe in God; they don't believe in the institution. That's the root of most of the atheism in our in our batch or in a, in the Philippines or for the most part of any Catholic institution. It's not mm-hmm. that they lose faith in God per se, but they lose faith in the effectiveness and the moral justice of the Catholic institution, which is completely understandable. For them, but when I was an atheist, it wasn't because of the institution; it was because of God. It was because I there was a, a part of me that was very scientific, scientific in my growing up, and I thought that science was able to disprove God very effectively. But when mm-hmm. Sp- when Spinoza comes along and uses a scientific slash philosophical way of describing God, changed my life, man. Like reading reading the Ethics by Spinoza. Oh my God, I love Spinoza. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm nerding out. It's the first time I've actually heard of Spinoza. Like, so he's not very well known. Only the real ones would know him. If uh, most, if the, if you have any friends in philosophy, chances are they would not have heard of Spinoza until they were in their master's program already. Sometimes even their doctorate. So Spinoza. Uh, Spinoza's do great. you guys have uh, greetings like um conventions w- between philosophers or something? No. Do you guys ever have that where you share thoughts? Oh, really? Um, not an undergrad. I'm pretty sure that in the master's program there are a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my department, I am the only philosopher, I believe. Philosophy is the ah. philosophy is the thing that everyone wants to get into, but no one understands, so they avoid it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'll get back to it. So, so let me let me summarize Augustine's uh, idea of free will, so that we can we can just break it down. And we can talk about it. Maybe you'll learn something. So what is the end goal of all Christians, Tevis? End goal of all... Is it basically to go to heaven? Or yes, what do you mean? exactly. Salvation. Salvation is the end goal of all Christians. Every Christian wants to be salvaged. Salvage is such a shitty word. <laughs> Sal- salvated. You know, they just want salvation. And... Mm-hmm. The only way you can achieve salvation according to Christian doctrine is through God's grace. And throughout this discussion, we will ask ourselves, what the hell is grace? So, look at it this way. What is that one characteristic of humans that Christianity will always like hammer down into your head? And they will always tell you that this is the reason why humans need God. Humans, this humans need an externality to tell them that they deserve to be saved. There's uh there's this one very specific characteristic about humans that says that we need God. What is that? One specific character that says we need characteristic, God. Yeah, it's like that. It's a it's a fundamental characteristic of human nature that Christians believe in. Is this letter, hope? No, but it's related. Faith? It's related. It says the letter I. Humans are a intelligence. 
No, 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 no. M. Wait. Important. Wait, what? Imp. Come on. Come on. Wait. I'm getting there. Wait. Because I think it's on the tip of my tongue now. Yeah, you're you're, you're a Christian. You should know this. It's really obvious, actually. Imp. 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 Fuck, I forgot already. Or rather, instead of imp, we're not p. We're not perfect, right? Exactly. We're not perfect. We're imperfect. The f- so imperfection means weakness. There's something about the human will, the human nature, that is fundamentally lacking. We're weak. That's why we need grace. But but the thing is, Augustine said that weak nature also means weak will, and weak will huh? means the ability, the lack of, the lack of like an intelligent agency. You know what I'm saying? In a way, yeah, more or less. So that means that humans will be able to choose sin. The question of what sin is is an entirely different question. But we will, we will, in a, in a nutshell, the human will means that we are have the ability to make decisions that screw us over, and we don't even know it. Just like some certain people that we talked about at the start of the show. <laughs> the, the reason why they make decisions like that is because the human will is weak and imperfect. So here's yeah. the catch. Mm-hmm. So because human will is weak, there is no guarantee that human will can choose properly. Therefore, humans do not have the ability to choose God because there is a precondition that enables that tells us that humans can choose otherwise. So humans hum- can choose otherwise? So humans are not free to choose God. We could choose God, we could not choose God. So, and so, how is it that there are humans who can make that choice where it's like, oh, we believe in God, save us. And there are some that are like, nah, fuck that shit. What enables humans to be able to make the right choice, given that our will is weak? Hmm. What enables? Think about. Honestly, with... is it morals? Is it morals? Right. It, it, it's related to that, but we'll get to that later. Think about so a blind man getting getting led by a dog. You All right. Pretend you're leading a blind person, Dennis. Okay, got it. It's grace, God's grace. So, in Augustinian terms, God's grace is. Quite simply, the innate, the ability to make good choices. Grace is the ability to make the right choice when it comes to religion, to, to God, and things like that. And, and since God is fundamentally a sort of opposite of humans, and that God is perfect, God's will is not weak, it's told, it's completely, it's absolute. That means that if we let ourselves use this grace as an agent for our choice, we can only make, well, not perfect choices, but choices that are conducive, that are useful, productive to salvation. And we'll break salvation. So it's 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 cyclical. We want we want to be saved. We want salvation as Christians. 
or rather not as Christians, but as humans. What salvation is, mm -hmm. different question altogether. But let's say we want to reach an end goal per se. We want to reach a goal in our mind. Let's deconstruct it. We want to reach a goal in our mind, but we have the ability to fuck up in the middle and end up going the wrong direction. So what enables us to make the right decisions, given that we fuck up sometimes? The ability to surrender ourselves to a concept that exists beyond us, to temper and control the decisions we make and enable us to make the right choices. That so, Augustine, Wait, so, so in many ways, Augustinian free will is that humans have free will in that they can screw up their choice. But they don't have free they don't have absolute free will. Augustine did not believe in absolute free will because that concept of grace, as long as it follows us, will always say that there is a right choice that you can make. True. I have a few questions about that though. Like what's up? Okay. Can you can you repeat what you just said? Because I I want to make sure I properly verb well we'll we'll we'll, we'll 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 break it down even more. Don't worry about it. Yeah, because what you call that, a lot of people make decisions and most of them, you know, I noticed that most of them get, we have this, uh, I don't want, uh, you know how the Philippines have this example called the Bahala na Factor? Yeah. Like up to Jesus or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Could you say... That's up, that's a, okay, for our foreign listeners, Bahala na refers to a Filipino mentality where it's like we surrender ourselves to whatever happens, we surrender ourselves to our fate. Bahala, right? na, yeah. Bahala na literally means let, let it be. Let them, like, we'll, is that we'll what you what mean? Because uh, at the end of the day, it usually works, right? Because the, yeah, the, 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 the psychology behind Bahala na is that Filipinos believe that since God is on their side, things will turn out in their favor more often than not. True. So they don't act, is that... they don't act on is that... it. They, they use minimal effort because God is on their side. That's Some say that's good yet bad to see because uh, like too much of no, no action is bad, oh, but it's good because because it's good because sometimes there are some things you can't control at all, right? Mm -hmm. And that exhibits that practice, right? So I think that's what you could be referring to. Mm -hmm. It's similar to that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In many ways, uh, that's completely related to that, because. Uh, it's the idea that God's our rest back, you know. He's got our backs. He will, he will guide our choice. So Augustinian free will is multifaceted. Pretend you're you're making a layer or a cascading, you know, or a, a cascading like CSS or something. You, you know, you get what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. like on one on one facet you can make choices, but on the other facet the choices you make are guided, so it's not totally free. And we'll we'll talk about that later. So, do you know what the Pelagian controversy is? Do you remember what that is? Pelagian con? No, not really. So, the Pelagian controversy is a debate that happened among church church people in the fifth century, where uh, Pelagius said uh, that he made a, a a case about baptism. He said that. Infants don't need to be baptized because they don't. You don't need to walk because you know the general belief was that infants didn't need to be baptized at the time because 
well, they're, they're infants. And the thing was, he said that sin, original sin, that whole, that whole shtick, it's a product of free will. And since infants don't have free will yet because they don't know what choices they make, they don't know what they're doing, they don't need to be baptized because they're poo kaka in the brain. They can't make choices, mm-hmm. they don't know the consequences of their choice, they're... Everything they do is completely uninformed, so they don't need to be baptized. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's a that explains why a lot of us in the Philippines we don't even. In fairness, that's why most of our Philippines religion are tend to be Catholic. When ironically, a lot of us don't really believe in the Catholic system. We're just born into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pilate, Augustine actually was the one who coined the term free will. I mean, no original sin. That was Augustine's idea. Him. Yeah, that was him. But, but Pelagius said that infants, you don't need to baptize them because what's the point of baptism? You baptize someone to wash away sin. But the thing is, why do you need to baptize someone who has not sinned? Because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know the consequences of their ethical decisions. And he, to make matters worse, he said that if children, as they grow up, develop free will and they decide to follow God, you don't even need to baptize them then because they are making choices that are conducive to the development of their ethical morals. Choices so, that are conducive. So Augustine comes in and, he, and he's like, shut the fuck up, you're full of shit, bitch. <laughs> so he's like, fuck off with that no baptism shit. So, he starts baptizing the next baby, right? Mm-hmm. So, Augustine said, you can't choose to follow God, idiot. That's not how it works. He said that, based on logic, it's impossible for humans to freely choose to follow God. You cannot develop a free will and decide to follow God based on that free will. Because human choice is weak. It's not. It's imperfect. Because so long as you have that consistency of veering away from the right and the ability to choose wrong, it says that you are weak, you are inconsistent. And the fact that you conceive of the wrong choice already implies that you are imperfect and therefore you are lacking grace and that you have the ability to sin. The fact that you have that sort of decision-making process where it's like there is a possibility that you can screw up is already in itself a manifestation of sin. Well, that's I didn't know that. Like, just so, just merely the fact that you can screw up. That is what original sin is. The ability to possibly commit sin is original sin in Augustinian terms. That whole Adam and Eve shit that came later on. The original definition of original sin is the ability to conceive. Of wrongdoing. I bet you didn't know that. No, I did. I'm. I'm just surprised. Like, what? So. Because it's kind of changes if, a few if, aspects for me. If we, if we had, if we had perfect free will and that God, 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 God helped us out, and you know, we would not, we would not even be able to conceive of making ethically wrong choices. The ability that mm-hmm. we can, however, say, say for example, I decide to treat you nicely or call you a dog. The fact that I can call you a dog, that I have the possibility of calling you a dog, is in itself original sin, manifested. 
the fact that I can treat you like shit is original sin manifested. The fact that there are people out there who make decisions that result in everyone getting screwed over, including themselves, is a manifestation of original sin. When the simp of a guy decides to pout and look the other way when I say hi to him, that's original sin. <laughs> okay. So... Augustine did not so much believe in the idea of baptism, but he believed in the idea that we need help. Because that all humans, since we have the ability to screw up all the time, to make such stupid decisions all the time, he Augustine said, we fundamentally need help. We cannot get out of this rut by ourselves. Get it? Yeah, that's true. This is why we need God. Through any means necessary. Wait, wasn't Augustine the priest or something? He was, mis- he was a bishop. Yeah, I'm really surprised this comes from a bishop, but that makes sense though, because he's you know, more in you know, the action side. You know, the side. beauty about Augustine is that you know, one he got, Augustine made a lot of wrote a lot of books, but the book that moved me was the Confessions. The Confessions is, the an, confession. autobi- is an autobiography, and the thing about Augustine is that Augustine growing up was a piece of shit. Oh my God. He was also oh, like he was an awful fucking human being growing up. He was an he was an atheist for a while. He was kind of like just like an asshole bullying people, sex, drugs, rock and roll, that sort of thing. He was a fuckboy, so to speak. I'm surprised that he changed this much. Yeah. I got uh, like back then if you if you look at like if Augustine was alive back then, no, if Augustine was alive now, he would be like XXX Tentation. Tentation, whatever. He would be like a SoundCloud rapper with tattoos on his face. That would be Augustine. Oh gosh. That's how much of a cunt he was like growing up back home. And his his mom was like his mom was a saint, Saint Monica, and his mom was like, Oh my god, my son, my boy. Uh. And Augustine's like, shut the fuck up, shit. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> But what changed him though? Like in the end of the day, what changed him? A long series of events changed him. So the Confessions is long; it's thirteen books. But a lot of events changed him. But the start of it was this: he was just dicking around somewhere, and he found a copy of the Bible. And you know the legend: "Pick up and read." Mm-hmm. He heard a voice that said, "Pick up and read," and he's like, "The fuck, okay." And he was like, "Oh, this is pretty interesting." So. What happened was he had a friend, and his friend said, "Yo, there's this hot new thing called Christianity. You wanna try it out?" And Augustine was uh. like, "Augustine was like, the fuck no." So his friend said, "Suit yourself, bitch. I'll try it out." So his friend got baptized, and uh, his friend said, "Yo, look at me. I'm a Christian." And Augustine's like, "The hell is wrong with you, you fucking beta? <laughs> Why'd you do that? We were so cool, and now you're a Christian." And his friend died. And Augustine said, out of respect, decided to give it a try. And he loved it. But what he, what His he friend heard, died? How? He got sick. Everyone's getting sick. He, he tried it out, out of respect for his friend. But what attracted him to Christianity was not the people. It was not the Bibles, per se. It was not God. It was not the, their idea of truth. It was the fact that it was a community of people that supported him no matter what. Oh, that's really nice. And then he just kept studying it, building up on it, and now he's the greatest motherfucker to ever walk the earth. I love Augustine. 
Yeah, that makes uh, actually that makes so much sense because like I thought it was just by the church by because he simply read the Bible, but by the community now that's really understandable. Mm-hmm. Isn't it really hard nowadays to find a really good community that really supports? It is. It's it's terribly hard. So I firmly believe that in many ways, in many ways, uh, you need to support yourself first before you can support any community. And I believe that in many ways you need to be able to, you know, you need that sort of inkling to be a strong individual before you can consolidate a strong group dynamic. But anyway, yeah. So, in a nutshell, uh, God's grace, what grace is in Augustinian terms is nothing more than help. It's just help. It's external help. Grace is help. That's all it is. So to speak. In a philosophical sense, grace is just help from God. What God but depending on what your definition of God is, grace is just help. Okay. So, so Augustine said that there was a balance. God's choice does not replace human choice, but enables human choice. Get it? So it enables? Yeah. He says, and I quote, God extends his mercy to mankind, not because they already know him, but so that they may know him. You you see? Uh... So, Augustine believed in uh, predestination, more or less. He introduced the idea of predestination, wherein that if we surrender ourselves to what grace is, we will make nothing but good choices. And he indirectly influenced a lot of Protestant thought. Because Augustine's philosophy at the time was kind of radical for its time. And a lot of people were like, yeah, shit, this thing is... Because at that time, you know, a lot of people said that even no matter what Augustine said, the Pope's word overruled it. So they kind of took this original sin thing and they kind of like re... like. They kind of reapplied it as this, you need to be baptized, bitch. Adam and Eve sinned, and now you must pay, bitch. That, that, that's what it was. They reappropriated the definition of original sin to be uh, a reason for you to involve yourself with the sacraments in the church. Yeah. So they kind of screwed him over, poor guy. But a bunch of protestant reformers got inspired, you know, like, one of his uh one of his big inspirations was this dude named John Calvin. John Calvin. He was the guy who started Calvinism. It's a it's a branch of Protestantism. And John Calvin believed in predestination. Everything was playing out as foreseen. And uh, predestination said that there is no free will. Uh there is no human freedom because God's grace cannot fail. And if humans fail, then that means God's grace failed, so humans cannot fail. So everything is playing out as foreseen. There are some people who are chosen, and everything humans do in order for it to be not unconducive to God's grace failing is completely inconsequential and of no relevance whatsoever. So, but that's, I think, a bastard decision of what Augustine thought, no? Yeah, that's kind of how I put that. 
Mm. So Augustine fucked over Pelagius and Pelagius got excommunicated and branded a heretic because of that poor guy. Yeah. How's he able to do that? Like excommunication con- the council of Carthage excommunicated Pelagius because of Augustine uh, proving him wrong in the debate the big debate but John Calvin John Calvin makes predestination and predestination is actually a, a really big theme in the Protestant Reformation I don't believe in predestination but now we're going to get into the more interesting part would you believe that's not even the interesting point? That's not. That's not. Now we're going to talk about the more philosophical side of it. We just talked about the religious side of it. Now right. things will get really interesting. Are you excited? Yeah. First of all, I, I mentioned that this was Christian Platonism. You know what that means? Not really, but... Did, did you ever take up? Uh, an ethics class or a philosophy class? Oh, I had an ethics class. Yeah, why? You know Plato, right? Yeah. Yeah, do you do? What did Plato say? Remember? What? Well, he, wait, said, wait, he, what, said, what? he said he said a lot, but <laughs> yeah, he said many things, but okay. Let me let me put it simply. So Plato had a very specific way of looking at the world. Where he said that everything around the world was forms. And forms are just imperfect copies of ideas which exist separately in another world. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. uh, in a nutshell, uh, think about a perfect tree. So that perfect tree now exists as a perfect tree in the world of ideas. And all the trees you see in the world are just different but shitty variations of the perfect tree that exists in your head in a nutshell so christian platonism applies that idea of plato that there are forms and ideas into the christian context just simply just like that all right but we're not going to talk about that but we're going to talk about the platonic ethics so plato said in gorgias that Evil, there is no evil. Remember that? You know this one. There is no, yeah, yeah, I think I remember hearing that. Plato said there is no evil. There is only an absence of good. And this view of evil not being a thing, uh, according to Plato, and uh, as repeated by Plotinus and Augustine, is that there is only one good, and that good is knowledge. Only one good? Well, knowledge is goodness. And what is the lack of knowledge? Ignorance. So ignorance is the only evil. Augustine actually had a lot of really fucking funny statements regarding this. He said... Like... What does... So, given that definition, if good... if If knowledge is the only good and ignorance is the only evil... That it makes sense that the person with the most knowledge is the most good, i.e. God. And the person with the least knowledge is the most evil. And what is the thing with the least knowledge? Thing with the least knowledge? Look, look, at, uh, look, at, the hum- look at the human race. What kind of human has the least amount of knowledge by default? 
I guess the ones are dead by default or never existing. No, no, no. Alive, like living humans. That doesn't count. Ah, the ones who don't have opportunities to learn anything. You're, you're confusing knowledge with brain activity. Knowledge is different. No, I meant like the ones who aren't educated like that. Go further. Mm, those who simply don't learn? Go further. You're looking at knowledge literally. Look at knowledge philosophically. Which human knows the least amount of things? It's really easy. It's, it's more. It's more. E- it's easier than you think. Trust me. I would say those that don't learn at all, like that don't learn from their mistakes or that refuse to learn at but all. But those people still know something. What about someone who doesn't know anything? Come on, it's really easy. What kind of human does not know anything at all? You see, that's not human at all, right? I'll give you a hint. We were all we were we were all this human at one point. In uh, infant, yeah. Yeah, perfect. So according to Augustine, infants are the most evil things on the fucking world. Baby. Yes, babies are evil. An infant, oh my. He meant as a joke, right? Or he actually he was serious about that. He was serious about that. Augustine even said in the Confessions that the reason why infants can't walk is God balancing out the fact that they're evil with the fact that they can't move. Oh my god. Yeah, it was it was a nerf, basically. <laughs> oh man. He said, he said that if infants could walk, they would start so much shit, it would be insane. <laughs> like... <laughs> he actually said that, this fucking guy. Yeah. Kept... I can't believe That's why you have to be careful about the ideas you take. That's how philosophy works. There are people who have good ideas and there are people who have shit ideas. You take the good ideas and you let the shit ideas die with them. I mean, yeah, that's pretty shitty. Like, it's a anyone garbage idea. That, <laughs> if, anyone, if anyone kept that, holy shit. Mm-hmm. They're really screwed over. I can't believe that people just at least not seriously following that, right? No, 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 not anymore. That that that's aged poorly. <laughs> Wait, not anymore. So there were people, right? Back then, probably some, maybe some people now. You know, the hardcore Augustinians. But anyone who ironically believes that should have their head checked. <laughs> I think the babies being evil—that can still work. But God nerfing the babies so that they can't do damage, like, yeah, right. them, like, like unable to walk. I think he was smoking something that time. Probably, it's not out of the equation. Knowing that this this guy was like really in there, you know, he was always, literally, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Get your motor running. That's him. That's him. Head on on the highway. Anyway, so. So, with that in mind, right, uh, a lot of people thought that, so, you know, you know what, but, you know what, uh, imagine you were back in high school, Dennis, okay? All right. And you have, like, a bunch of atheists running around. One of the most common things an atheist would say, right, is, if God is so good, why does evil exist in the world, huh? I wonder who said that to me, actually. I remember that one person. I wonder. <laughs> I'll probably couldn't sing, no? 
Oh, actually, it was both of you guys. Yeah, considering I, first. I never said that. What? No, I mean, that was later on. That was later on. That was like a simple starter question. You wanted me to answer. If God, if God is evil, if God, is, if God is good, why does evil exist? Yeah, but Kutsing was a rather uh, hard... The moment he learns something, he tries to let everyone learn at the same time. Yeah, he needs to calm down. He's not like that anymore. I won't lie, he was annoying in high school, but now I think he's just okay. He's just doing his thing. Whatever think, that yeah. whatever that thing is, I don't know what he does. <laughs> is there any debate or something? I, I, I no think idea. he's doing fine. He's there, that's what he is. True, I mean... So if someone just... said that to Augustine, Augustine would say, Listen up, idiot. There is no evil, dumbass. There is only no good. So that means you can either have good, a.k.a. God, in your life, or you can have no God in your life. But that doesn't mean you're evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... So evil is deficiency of good, right? Okay, yeah. So look at it this way. You're blind. You can't see. The lack of visual knowledge is the fact, is just that the quote-unquote evil in there. So if you look, so if you look at it that way, like a blind man is evil in the sense that he has no sight no visual knowledge a thief is evil in the sense that he has no honesty it's, it's a deficiency it's a lack of something right that's what plato believed and god and augustine believed in this thing called uh, essential freedom which is free will right so he said yeah, that he, he said that god cannot make evil because humans are rational Humans can make choice. Remember what he said about choice? Humans have the ability to choose a deficiency, to choose shit that doesn't fly, right? Except for babies. Except, well, yeah, babies can't choose. That's why they're evil. Yeah, by, very by evil. default. It's like multiplying by zero. So, That's humans are rational. And, and because mm-hmm. they are rational, they must have free will. And having free will means yeah. you can choose. And you can choose between pursuing good or sticking with your lack of it. That's all it was. It was it was it's a it's like it's like a I forgot the economic term for it. Do you know the economic term where it's like you get something or you get nothing? You don't lose anything. Return? Uh profit? Is it a zero sum game? It's like a zero. I think that's what I was, it's like a. It's 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 in game theory. It's a kind of game yeah. where it's like you. It's a it's a kind of no. It's not a zero sum game. It's like when you get it's either you get something or you get nothing, but you don't lose anything. It's like that. So, I th- I see what you mean. Well, I'm trying to remember what. It's either plus one or plus zero, but never mind or never minus one. So, so if so, you are a rational human being. It's you. It, rationality in Augustinian terms is the ability to evaluate choices through reasoning, and you can only do that. You can only make such an evaluation if you have the freedom to fuck up. 
if you could never fuck up, you are not rational. So there's a double-edged sword here. You see? Mm -hmm. So he said that, well, there is a solution. So look at the world instead of the world as the world what that you exist and look at it as an art as an artwork see art let's, let's throw a little bit of art theory in there augustinian art theory even has art theories mm -hmm. what what is beauty to augustine because he said that a good way to make decisions rationally is to observe everything as an artwork a sort of thing of beauty how do you make okay. choices that are ethical? That's the question. Like, how do you use the quote-unquote grace to make good choices? He, he lays out some instructions. Look at what you're doing as working on an artwork, a, a thing of beauty. And, and instead of looking at evil as a sort of like as something that takes away from the art, think of it as something that adds this, as a little bit of spice, variety into the into the work essentially look at evil as a learning experience mm -hmm. think of think of your morality as a as a work of art like a song or a, or a doujinshin <laughs> you follow yeah yeah so look at so whenever you make a shitty decision think of it as adding a little bit of flair into the artwork learn from it just like how you know it's like bob ross no no mistakes just happy little accidents yeah that's the thing about art the purpose of art you're supposed to make as many mistakes as possible if you're gonna learn mm -hmm. that's the best way to learn like a thousand works is way better than one decent work and those thousand works could be a thousand bad works but in the end you're better than that one person who made one good work mm-hmm so he said that you know if there was a world with no evil that would be a world with no rationality and a world with no rationality is a world without human activity we we need evil so to speak we shouldn't yeah. we shouldn't be able to choose we we, we 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 need evil that's the thing about augustine it's 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 a bit confusing but it makes sense we should not choose evil. We ought to not choose evil, but we need the ability for evil to exist. Do you see what I'm getting at? Mm -hmm. Evil is necessary. Yeah, because if there's no evil, we wouldn't be able to make the right decisions. Yes. For something to be right, there needs to be a wrong. Be wrong. Yes. Yeah. That... You follow. Let's go. Let's go. Let's keep going. So that actually that's it. Uh, you can apply this framework of of morality into a lot of things, right? So so like you know Martin Luther, right? Yeah. Martin Luther came about and said, "Oh fuck off! The human will is not free. Predestination." What do you think about that whole predestination shit? That's a really big that in classical Protestantism, that's a big that's a big thing. So Wait, let me try to recall what I remember we had a topic about predestination, right? No, we never no, did. No back then. We never did. No, no, no. Really? Not in class? Oh, in class maybe. I remember hearing about it. 
Protestants believe in predestination. Protestants don't believe in free will, which is very weird, weird. because yeah. I, I spent some time in a Protestant church, actually, and I was talking to some of them, and they have really strange definitions of free will. Their free okay, will, their, 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 their free will, their definition of free will is very Augustinian. Huh? Well, for the Wait, most part. That... Some of them don't know how to answer that because it's philosophical. Other people would argue for an Augustinian free will. The the classical argument that they can choose but God reinforces their choices, like that. The classical argument. The, the, yeah, the classical Augustinian argument for free will. But they don't believe in predestination, which is something that Martin Luther actually wrote down in his 1990 thesis. It's really interesting, isn't it? Something happened along the way. Yeah, that changed. But how come? How come what? They don't believe in that. They, they the, do believe in predestination, right? Or the, no? The, the main argument of Protestantism, the central argument for their belief, is that there should be nothing in between the relationship between man and God. Because look at Christianity. We need the Pope, we need the priests. There's this giant red tape and bureaucracy surrounding the connection between man and God. Martin Luther said, you don't fuck that shit. It's man and God. It's a very personal relationship. Uh, I have a friend in the Protestant church who likes, who, who says that, who says that everyone has their own revelation. So no one worships God the same way. Well, that's, that's somewhat interesting. Yeah. Well, that's nice, actually. I, I, that's I, nice I, to I, hear. I, I, I like that idea. That's a very that's a very nice thing because like it's true. I mean, no one really knows. In the end of the day, no one really knows what God where where God is. So, my everyone has their own definition of God. There, that's a sociological thing. I did a so I did a report about the sociology of religion, and there was a sociology who said that there are no two same religions in the world. Every single person in the world has a different interpretation of a religion. So everyone worships a different god. Everyone worships a, the different god in different ways. Everybody. Because re, re, religion is interpretation. First and foremost. So how you social, that, right? yeah, sociologically speaking, religion is nothing more than interpretation. And interpretation is very personal. Not to mention very rational. Very rational? Mm -hmm. On the topic of Augustinian morality. Well, Augustine said a lot of things, but I think this was his most important argument about free will and things like that. I'm surprised Augustine had a lot of good ideas, but some were really bad. A lot of philosophers had garbage ideas. You know, Friedrich Nietzsche. Um, Friedrich Nietzsche... <laughs> he he was a misogynist. He's, huh? my, he's one of my favorite yeah. philosophers, but he was a hard misogynist, Nietzsche. A misogynist? Him? Yeah, Nietzsche. Uh, Martin Heidegger, one of my favorites, also was a Nazi. Oh shit! Everyone's got shit ideas. You just forget about them, sweep them under the rug. Take the good ones. Yeah, I mean, that's nice. Eh? The fact that you guys are learning from someone else, but even if... Because, like, the truth is, everyone has something to teach someone. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just some people forget that. So because that they look down on others, you know. I get you. <laughs> Sad. You know, one of Nietzsche's famous quotes, uh, which pissed off so many people, was. It pissed off. It pissed off so many people. Uh, I mean, okay, what he, he, he's very good at pissing people off. God is dead. You know, that's one. Of, that's his most famous. Oh, that, yeah. Okay. Okay, that I understand. He he had a but you know the thing is that quote is misinterpreted like all the time. Nietzsche was an atheist, but when he said God, he did not mean like God is dead. He meant that God in Nietzschean terms, God was the faculties, the things that exist to determine human life and he said as humans evolve as humans learn and mature they have less need for things to determine them and they become more self-determining and they become their own god so to speak so when they say god is dead it just means humans are more independent i yeah i remember now i recall that because i think what you meant, what Nietzsche meant by that, from what I remember my prof, was so that humans could be independent. Because like, sometimes humans tend to be too independent. Too dependent. Yeah, they, they rely on external faculties to determine them, to do the thinking for them, so to speak, yeah? Yeah, which defeats the purpose of why God gave you free will, isn't it? Yes! Oh my god, you're getting it! Oh my god, you're such a good student. That's a good dog. Here, have a treat. Oh, man. Just give me a plane ticket to Japan. That would be a good treat. You want? <laughs> you want to come here? You should come here. Yeah, I want to go to Japan. I, I'll there, there, there's day. so much I want to show you, man. Yeah, I want to know more about Japanese culture and... You know, Shinjuku you, 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 why, No, I'm not going to go to Tokyo. Come here. You know the biggest manga museum is in Kyoto, right? You fucking weeb. I'm not a weeb. I just I just Shut enjoy up. the culture. You're a fucking weeb. Just you can't call that a weeb. Like a lot of people say that we call that. It's a very derogatory term. That's the point. That's why I'm calling <laughs> it. That's why I'm calling you a weeb. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord. You know Nietzsche said woman was God's second mistake. Oh my god, I can't believe he kept saying those but I it's like Nietzsche really wants to piss people off, but then he has a really good meaning for it. But it's a good way to capture people into reading what he meant. Woman but do you know what God's first mistake is? Uh free, Pro- free will, right? No. Process of process of, of elimination. If woman is God's second mistake, his first mistake is man. It's man. Yeah. I think more people are angry where it's like women are like what do you mean second? Why aren't we first two? And well, how come I feel like it's the feminists of that time? To an extent, I do agree with the feminists. Uh, Simone de Beauvoir uh, wrote in a book called The Second Sex, where she argued that women are always seen as a subset of men rather than their own thing. A but, subset? Oh, yeah. That's why it's the second sex. It's the second. Second. <laughs> For something to be second, there needs to be a first, right? First, right, yeah. First wave, second wave feminism makes a lot of sense to me. Especially second wave feminism. Third mm-hmm. wave feminism can go die in a hole. Honestly, third wave feminism is just toxic. 
that's the that's feminazism where it's like privilege whoa ironically they're not doing anything they're not making it better are they they're just making it worse Oh yeah, yeah. They they argue that they 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 argue a lot of them argue that there is a historical precedent that says that mm, instead of making things equal, instead of making things equal, things need to be equitable. So uh-huh. in, in that sense, women need to be on top for a few years to put men in their place, and then we we can say it's fair. That's what they want, something like that. So, so dumb. Because men have privilege. Cultural Marxism. There are things that have privilege. Okay, honestly, that's true. We men do have privilege. I don't believe but, in privilege. I mean, I know what you mean. I know where you're getting up. I know where you're getting from. Whatever you call that. It's not privilege. Like, it's just a side effect of the sex. Women can do things culturally and biologically that men cannot do, and vice versa. Yeah. And people th- mistake it for privilege, but then. But what most people just say, oh, what do you call that? Oh, you, you she can't do this because you're a woman. But culturally, in reality, but for uh, example, culturally speaking, culturally speaking, it's easier for women to fall in love than men, and I mean, it's easier for women to find partners than men. And depending on what kind of person you are, that's a good thing or a bad thing. And the same with men. Biologically speaking, men have bigger bone structures. That's why we do hardier jobs throughout history. And the issue yeah. of dominance, the issue of which sex is dominant, that depends entirely on your culture. And the thing about it is that, well, you know, animals, bonobos, tarantulas, women are over men. So the idea that there is privilege is completely subjective to what culture you exist in. But I don't you find I it want... ironic, though? The moment people, uh, a lot of feminazis, okay, here's it. They, they want equal rights, right? They want what men have, right? Because we were born that way, right? Because we were born, we lived our life. Like you said earlier, because of how we lived our lives, your culture, it it seems like a privilege, but it's really not. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, what do you call that? It's really funny how the moment... Well, some people, some women don't also see the privilege they have because that men give. Like for example, uh, holding up the door, and then it's really convenient for them the moment men stop doing that because they ask for no privilege, and then we the moment we stop holding doors, stop giving yeah, them they gifts, they, 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 they say, you know? right? They say this like, uh, what do you call that? Why don't you act like a man? Why don't you do this for me? Do that? I'm like, what? Well, that's not. I thought, like, that's not what you wanted. You wanted uh, no more privilege, right? The, the one that pisses me off is that I, I got called out by a guy in my uni for talking about Simone de Beauvoir because I was talking about her feminist theory. And she said that I wasn't allowed to talk about that because I wasn't a female. Hmm? Yeah. Bruh, is he... Well, well, I responded. What? I responded by saying that when when it was her turn, she was bringing up like Marx, and I said you can't talk about Marx because you're not a male. <laughs> <laughs> what happened after that? Dude? It was triggered, triggered. Yeah, she got mad. <laughs> she got really mad. <laughs> Wait, who were anyone there to defend you at that time, or to yeah. back you up? A lot of guys are on my side because. If a girl says that to you, it's hard not to agree. It's hard not to disagree with her, you know, unless you're also a feminazi. I do, however, think that there are certain topics that 
men can talk about whatever they want and women can talk about whatever they want i believe that but if you talk about a topic seriously for example there was a, a panel i saw where it was like women in aerospace engineering and the panel was mm-hmm. like five guys i think that's problematic because a lot of yeah. them were because like something like that the guys can talk about it but they need to balance it out especially since it was like a job thing you know a job market thing it was an economic forum and they're talking about what with what kind of what kind of environment women should expect from from that sort of aerospace engineering panel or the industry you should have mm-hmm. actual women who are in aerospace engineering to do that uh, there's a study that says that uh there is a study that says that a lot of these um institutions are actually just very lazy in finding female female uh, panelists clients this and that and had they consulted the right people the right network they would actually have female panelists but they're being lazy that's a an example of a misogyny that i think is toxic but not all of it is toxic right i can talk about whoever mm-hmm. the fuck i want i can talk about simone de beauvoir if i feel like it i can talk about mary wollstonecraft if i feel like it i can criticize the whole feminist movement if i feel like it granted yes my opinion is that of a man and my interpretation is that from a man point of view but i can talk about it and you can't stop me yeah true it's like there are some people who just simply just say oh can we stop talking about this it's like well if you don't want me to talk about it, why are you even here in the first place right because mm-hmm. like if you don't want to hear people talk about something don't even bother yeah. why don't you just stay up in your room and so you don't hear anyone else because like yeah. if everyone's supposed to have entitled their opinion right yeah yeah, and, yeah yeah and it's ironic like if you're gonna learn and if you're gonna bother reading a book up about some some philosophies and you're not gonna let anyone else express theirs like that kind of defeats the purpose of learning right definitely you know I, disagreement is completely healthy yeah i mean like it's okay to disagree with others as long as you don't disagree that, like that's, that's as long how, as you don't hold the yeah. the person Cause that's how I think that's how philosophy should be, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, not just philosophy, anything in, in all, life as well. All things, all things work on disagreement. Um, yeah. That, that, that's that's how things work in, in the dialectic. I, you know, one of my favorite philosophers, Hegel, put mm-hmm. forth the the Hegelian dialectic, which is a theory about how change occurs in everything. Yeah. The synthesis, antithesis, synthesis. That's how all things develop. That's how all things progress. And you know, even and like criticism is healthy. And 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 if you want, uh, you know, the safe space culture is fucking retarded. I think there should be no safe spaces. I had no safe spaces. I was stabbed twice. I don't need a safe space. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like I don't. The thing is, what do you call that? I think the reason why people create safe space is because they're scared. They want they're the scared. safety thing to bounce back on, right? You know, our, but our, that's not. Yeah. But that's not how you learn. You learn because you have to put yourself out there. You have to put all your cards there. Yeah. If you don't put everything down, then you're not gonna learn anything. You're just gonna hide of an aspect of you. It's like how people go to conferences and all that. If you if you hide a part of yourself, you're not really putting yeah. yourself out there. You're not really learning. You know, Take a take a page from Augustine. Augustine's entire life is him telling him that he wasn't gonna amount to anything, that he was dumb, stupid. And you know, Aristotle said 
if you want to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Beautiful quote. Oh my god. True. Because I will call that. If there, there, it's really sad. There, true. There are these people who there will always be people who are really scared of what others think of them, and they're really quiet. And I got really worried, but honestly, I don't think you they guys should really up, be scared. You know? Yeah, yeah. They, they need to grow. Not, not also grow up. Like up. I don't think they need to be scared because they really have to, what you call that, own and what you call that, be happy for who they are. They should really share their own opinions because who knows? You might end up learning a lot more. You might you end up getting a lot more than saying nothing at all, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Ah, uh, insane. You know, yeah, that's it. you know, um, I actually have so much respect for girls who are feminists in the sense that they want to, they want to fight for an idea of women that is more self-determining in society. That's that kind of feminist I respect, and I think that if you're not this as a girl, then I think you're not worth my time. Honestly. Well, there are a lot of people usually like that. A lot of people. There are a lot of girls who are very submissive to guys, and there are a lot of girls who want to overthrow guys. But I think that the discrepancy lies that you know most second wave feminists they believe in the 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 self determination of women, and I think that's the kind of feminism that is respectable. Women as a self determining entity, especially in so far as society is concerned, I think is completely respectable. Mm-hmm. But any, but then you know that that fucking bitch who's like can't talk about Simone. Oh God! You can't talk about Marx. You're not a guy. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my God, that, that's sad. You, you, you can't eat. You can't eat onigiri. You're not Japanese. How's that person doing right now? She's still around. I don't know what she's doing, but she's she still goes to school. <laughs> Sad. I mean, you don't go to school and then have that kind of mindset, how do you? Especially, what's your course? My course. Not her course. Same course as me. <sighs> I was hoping you guys be different. No. <laughs> liberal arts. Some people does... really put the liberal in liberal arts. Yeah, more like. You know, you know. That's... Do you know why liberal arts are called liberal arts? Why? Because they're liberal in the sense that you can switch between them, that they add on to each other, that you're not restricted by your field. That's why it's liberal. Well, uh, I think some, one of some them. Some people is the... actually think liberal arts meant liberal as in the political liberal. And I'm yeah, like, I think that's where she came from. Some people, some people actually have. Talk shit to me by saying that I'm a liberal because I go to liberal arts, and I just kind of like, I'm I pray for them poor human being. I can't believe you would think that. <laughs> you poor thing. Oh my god. And so for sad. You, for for some people to have the gall to actually say fucking like people have blocked me because I say I'm liberal arts because they assume I'm a liberal. What's the matter with you? Stop what liberal arts means. <laughs> My God, that, that really defeats the purpose of many there things. Was, huh? There was a time where mathematics and physics were liberal arts as well. Did you know that? 
No, I never. I know. I understand mathematics being a liberal's liberal art. Like the whole the whole definition of liberal arts is just that you can switch them up and you can you can integrate all of them into a big super system. That's the whole that's the whole shtick of liberal arts. This has nothing to do with politics. Per, well, you you could have it. You could study politics, but by itself, the concept has nothing to do with politics. That's why I think most people would say humanities rather than liberal arts nowadays. Because yeah, it's, it's, it's more it's more universal when you say humanities. The connotation is that oh, it's something that everybody understands or is you know subscribed to. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people would probably understand. Anyway, you wanted to talk about like. I remember you wanted to talk about like I don't know how much time do we have? Do you still have time? Do you still want to keep talking? We can go uh, another 30 minutes. 30 minutes? I think that should be enough, right? Yeah, I remember like a few weeks ago, you wanted to talk about the VTubers or something. Oh, yeah. Wait, was that? Yeah, yeah. Because you you were, we were like talking about many things and then you wanted to, we wanted yeah, to go more uh, into detail about how VTubers. Well, I was kind of nerding out because like VTubers are like kind of like, I watch their streams. That's how I practice my Japanese. Oh yeah, how have you heard about this new thing that's going on? I've been hearing a lot of uh, strange things lately. This is a girl called Melody, Project Melody. Project, let me search it up. Project Melody, the hell is that? And there's meme, and there's this meme called the uh, Host Mad, Host Mad, Bots Win. What? Because uh, Project Melody is a, I think, let me check. Oh, it's a chatterbait character. It's a 2D anime. It's how a you, VTuber. How do you spell Project Melody? Uh, it's not. It's with a P R O J E K T. Melody. Yeah. The heck is this shit? Chatterbait. What is Project Melody? Oh, it's this one. I know. It. I've heard of this one. Yes. Yeah, right? And a lot of people, a lot of girls who are in Chatterbait, they're like, getting mad because... And this meme is like, saying, host mad, host mad. Because a lot of them are losing their job to some character. <laughs> E-girls are mad because they're getting replaced by a 3D thought. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I was like, oh. Oh, it's better that way as well because the thing about her is that like you don't objectify anybody. It's hentai. Right. It's it's hentai in real time. Project Melody. <laughs> How would I not know about this? The fuck? I I only heard about it recently. How do I not know about this? Is this a Japanese thing? No, she speaks English. No, it's a Japanese thing. It's there's only a Wikipedia article in Japan for it. She de- debuted in Chatterbait and then she went on Pornhub. <laughs> God. Yeah, the, the memes are really funny because like they say these guys are mad. She's 19 years old. It says here that she was born and. She was born in, uh, wait. She was born in July 7. 
She's 19. Wow. <laughs> that's actually yeah, so that's fucking funny. funny. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. I, was I, don't know. I don't know how I feel about her being like my age or younger than you. I know, right? It feels weird, but. It's probably an alias. I know that most VTubers lie about like their personal information. They're, they're like idols, you know? They they have to keep their 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 lives uh, a, a, a complete secret vtubers are basically idols and you know how idols work in japan right they're like their their lives are com their real lives are completely separate from their stage lives their personal lives so mm -hmm. like no one knows anything about what they do or who they are in real life only snippets. yeah but it it's uh being a life of idol kind of lonely. I mean, they get a lot of popularity and all, but they kind of lose a lot of things in return. No, I mean, for the most part, a lot of them are happy because, like, fundamentally, like when you decide to become an idol in Japan, right? You have to give up a lot of things. Like, you can't date, you can't go out as much. You have your your work life balance is kind of screwed up because, like, these some of these VTubers are insane. They stream more consistently than some people on Twitch. And their streams are long. Their streams are like... Some of them, the crazy ones, are have to have like 10-hour streams. 10-hour streams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. VTubers, <laughs> a lot of these VTubers, uh, they stream for hours and hours and hours. And they stream like at least every day. Or every two days. Yeah, that's really hard. It's insanely hard, yeah. Maybe we should... They, uh, they, they, make, up... they make so much money, though. And the thing is... Maybe we, we should up our game. We, we could become we, VTubers we, ourselves. We, yeah, <laughs> I don't have... Uh, I, my, my rig is too poor. Good I can rig. I can, I'm already starting learning how to rig. <laughs> and you know, like, the, the, the you know how uh, some VTubers have a, their own agencies now, right? Yeah, right? It's really surprising how... And it happened really fast, right? It's a new thing. It started out like it started out with you know a Kizuna Aya or something, but it, yeah. the industry only blew up last year. Only last year. But sadly, I'm not really following them lately because, like, you know, it's a bit busy. Very difficult to follow them outside of Japan. They're they're like a really big thing in Japan. Uh. They kind of blew up out of nowhere in Japan. It's insane. Wait, out of nowhere? I thought you guys were... Uh, we said Kizuna. But don't they have like English... I don't know. Kizuna is... Uh... Kizuna, I Who's only... that? She only talks in Japanese. No, I mean, there's, uh, there's some who are English. Yeah, some, of the, some of them are English, but I don't follow those because I, it doesn't help me. I don't... I, why would I watch someone play a game? I'd rather just play them myself. I watch, be pretty the, funny. I, I watch the Japanese ones because... I practice on them. Oh yeah, that's that's nice at least. Like, I don't care what they play. I just listen in and try to decipher what they're saying. <laughs> oh, like Kizuna's I fuck you, fuck you, really fuck cute, really you. cute, fuck you. Kizuna, I had a collab with Azure Lane, and my friend, uh, my friend who plays it, uh, got like grinded really hard to get her, and mm -hmm. it's it's so funny because. When her character in the game 
uh, when she shoots when she shoots torpedoes because you know Azurlane is basically like fucking yeah. boats who are just yeah. girls and they kill each other. When she shoots torpedoes, she doesn't shoot torpedoes. She shoots text bubbles that say "fuck you" in Japanese. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, really. So funny. <laughs> I like how that 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 they're idols, right? And they can say bad words, like. Because you know, Japan's. There are no real bad words in Japan. There are none. You know, like if you ask a Japanese person, like what kind of bad words they know, you know, none. Japan's like Japan doesn't really have a lot of bad words. Uh, you know, like the the baddest word you could say in Japan is like shine or something, like die. Oh yeah, my Japanese friend Hiro mentioned about that. He's like, oh shit, I almost said a really bad word. Like we were like, what is it? It means die. Yeah, that's the baddest word that they have. They don't have a fuck. The closest thing they have in Japan to fuck is like kuso, and it's like it's not that bad. Old people Rejo say it all the time. Uh... Young kids say it all the time. Yeah, Rare Jolene's ultimate fuck you. The four. Hmm? The four signs of fuck you. The one Jolene did, which style? Like she had four styles. One from oh each yeah, different yeah, 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 four, four. Yeah, that was freak. Jolene's American, though. Yeah, but I mean, like, we're, I'm pretty amazed. Four styles of fuck you. Anyway, I think this is a good note to end on. Uh, we've, yeah, two hours. Uh, and plug, last minute plug, Stavis. <clears throat> um, there's nothing I could say right now, but then I just really hope you guys enjoyed this les- this session and you could learn from this. I think a lot of people, I think this lesson could really be applied to many people, to many of our listeners. It really good. It'd be really great if you guys listen and you put your thoughts into this. You can just maybe one day put a comment and tell us what you think about this. Oh, come at me, fight me. Yeah, you can fight Kobe, you know. But one day we were thinking of doing a live, weren't we? I have to figure out how to do the, like my, yeah. like my, my PC is not ready to handle that, I think. Uh, yeah, we're still planning that though, so just so you guys can give us your thoughts. You know, back then, when Joby was host, some of his USD friends wanted to fight me. Still waiting. <laughs> no, like fight, like fight me, fight, fight, or... fight me, like and uh, argue with me, discuss something with me. That's what I meant by fight. Oh, that should be fun. Uh, I I don't mind be a judge panel. Some of you fight me. Oh, I I I want some of you to fight me. I hate debates, but I like debating. <laughs> no, I hate the concept of debating. But I like to debate. That kind of contradicts, right? In a way, but yeah, I, I get what you mean. I hate the institution where it's like you have to, like, there are whips and there are, you know, prime ministers or whatever. I was terrible at debating. Parliamentary debate, I hate that shit. But if I could just fight someone, like, argue with them, like, for hours, I'm all for it. Come at me. Uh, I remember you with Alvin back then. You would always debate Ooh. against you. Alvin, oh Alvin, I forgot that guy existed. <laughs> Joke, he's always <laughs> in my heart. It's good man. Fucking, where is he again? Oh, UANP. Yeah, I'm surprised he went to UANP. Nah, I'm, not, like... I'm not. I think all of his siblings are from there. Ah, is that so? I thought he'd be a UP guy, you know. UP Alvin? No, I don't think so. Uh, you know, I thought Alvin would be, you know, because you know Alvin, he, Alvin he's he's a good. Alvin's kind of corny. I don't think he's gonna go to UP. 
Yeah, it's ironic. Maybe we could talk about this uh, another time. The fact that you know how Filipinos, Philip Filipino culture, where if you what you call that, if you speak English and your friends are Filipino, the Filipino guys. I wrote, will I wrote a report on that for my anthropology class. Ooh, we should the, we the, should the, hear the, that. The, out. the theme was discrimination, and I talked about linguistic discrimination in the Philippines. Ironic how. The ones Filipinos are racist to the most is themselves. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not racist. It's, it's just discriminatory. Linguistic discrimination. Yeah. It's really dumb also when you play League of Legends and say, wow, English, English. Just mute them, man. That's what I do. I just mute everyone. Yeah, but when I think about it, it's kind of sad. Like, just because they can't understand a language. And I mean, usually the case for English guys, English speaking guys, they try to befriend the guys that speak, uh, you know, Filipino, but those guys really segregate and shit because the, they think there's the unwillingness to learn. But you know, the thing applies vice versa as well. There are a lot of entitled English folks who believe that they don't need to learn Tagalog. Uh, for me, I, I, I will, I don't mind learning Tagalog. It's just I don't like if the profs are really toxic. I really lose my what you call that passion to learn. Oh, uh, I see. Something it extends beyond the students. It also goes into the workforce, the adults. Yeah, because uh, I was talking to this prof, right? And uh-huh. she said to me, I said, oh, can you please um, be, be patient because I'm not really that good with the speaking Filipino and all that. I can't really, I'm not that, I'm not that good. Yeah. And then she said to me, that's not of my concern. So I'm like, oh, oh shit, so I guess I'm going to fail. Some profs are just cunts, you know, like, uh, yeah, I, they, it's I, ironic. I, I listened to a podcast where uh, an astronomer said that uh, he's one of. I I listened to podcast. There was this guy. He was an astronomer, and he said that his entire career was a mixed match of people who helped him realize his potential and people who undermined him. And the the key to getting past that is to just tell yourself that this doesn't determine your value. These are all stepping stones. Find That's try to nice. find people who understand what you're worth and embrace those people. Well, I just want to graduate from. I just want to pass your class and leave already. You know. He was talking about how when he was a kid, he had a science teacher who was like who told him to shut the fuck up like all the time, and when he was uh doing his PhD program, his supervisor, who was mm-hmm. like a, a celebrity in the science field, was the exact same to him, where it's like you do you do things my way or I'll kick you out. And he got PTSD of him in third grade. So he switched and decided to find and do a, a program elsewhere. And he was happier. That's nice. Like, wow, that, that's actually brave. What he did was he was, work, he was working his, he was working as a sort of like, he, he was, he, he did an internship in a, in like a telus, in a, an observatory. And a radio station called up the observatory and said, "There's a meteor shower coming. How 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 should we go about this?" And what he said was, "Uh, he was like saying something like, since no one else was around to answer the radio station, he said, pull up a blanket, grab some binoculars, watch the whole thing.' And when the radio special released and he he was on air, his supervisor said." The supervisor threatened to kick him out because he wasn't supposed to do that. His, his, his yeah, terrible. Mm. It sucks. 
but you know it'd be like that there's just professional dog shit wherever you step man uh i have professors who are like that in uni i i did uh in one of my in one of the older episodes of story because I, I ranted about a professor who like i talked about classroom marxism or classroom socialism where it's mm-hmm. like there are professors it, it usually happens in really big classrooms where there are students who are like better than others and better than average and their students who are worse than average and the professor wants everyone to be on that average level so if the student does really well the professor tells them to like the professor knocks them down a peg makes them sound stupid and the student is like struggling in class the professor's like that's great good job so that everyone is more or less like on that same equit egalitarian playing field in class I had a professor. I, I had a professor who was like that. I had there were people in the class who had a hard time understanding, and when they did their and when they did their presentations, the professor was like, "Wow!" And when I did my presentation, he was like, "He's like, are you sure you want to do this? Are you serious? What is this?" And I'm like, "Fuck you, you fucking piece of shit." <laughs> he doesn't seem like a nice person. Awesome, <laughs> I hate him. I was. It makes you really, makes you really wonder what's the standard teaching. He's a he's a he's a part time teacher in my uni, so he doesn't care. He doesn't care what the faculty thinks of him because he just fucks off when his class is done. He's yeah, that makes dude. sense. So yeah, he's Japanese he's, or f- he's foreign? A, he's a white dude. Ah. A white dude from good old USA, US of A. US of A, yes. Some people really just fucking caca, you know. I still wonder how. How? So no one's gonna report him? (laughs) No, no, I don't care. It's a waste of time if I fucking report him. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. It's true, like, it's okay to report. Just live and learn. Just don't go to this class anymore. That's it. Oh, I can't do that because if I if I if I'm I don't mean cut. I, I don't mean cut. I mean like just don't take his class. Don't select it at the start of the semester. Uh, it's just like that. Just go somewhere. Uh, else. I forgot you guys don't have. Uh, you guys yeah, are auto we, we, we choose our classes here. Yeah, and sometimes in Benil, the in our in Philippine college, we we were auto enlisted sometimes, and we're like, oh fuck, we have to pick again. Yeah, uh, sometimes. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, we have to be we have to make sure we're lucky. Cause like that's because of that uh auto enlistment. I have class at nine PM on Fridays. It's just shitty schedule. Yo, that's such a blow job. What the fuck? Nine PM? Yeah, I had two last sem I had two classes that were at nine PM. So this is my schedule right now. So Philippines, you know how it's traffic at after hmm, what time? Five thirty. After the moment it's five thirty going back, it takes one hour or two. Yeah. So you know, my class ends mga 5.50. And then uh, that's my life for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then on Friday, I end at 8, I start at 8 a.m. Then I end at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Then I have a Saturday class at 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Jeez. Yeah, it's not really helpful. Like, it doesn't also, really... Saturday. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Now I feel bad. 
But it's fine. I mean, like, I, I usually use Saturdays to catch up with all my work so I can finish it overtime soon. Shit, now I feel so bad. I feel bad for, like, getting mad at you. <laughs> it's fine. Like, in fairness, that's that's how I'm I'm kind of used to that in professional-wise because including my work in Isaac, I also do that on Saturday. I spend it contacting people as well. Oh I only God. got to play Monster so Hunter only you're, this you're, week, so actually. So your, your only free time is, like, Sunday, more or less. Yeah. Actually, wow. it's always been Sunday, yeah. I feel terrible now, Jesus. So you don't even go home, you just stay in school in your condo. No, I make I make time to go home. That's why. Oh, okay. Yo, I, feel I like, go back I feel, home. I feel, I, feel, I feel terrible now, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, Shit. it's fine. In the professional world, like uh what you call that, you can't make excuses like that. That's why I learned in Isaac. That's why I make do with what I can do. That's why hopefully I could make a I made a redemption episode. I could make more yeah, redemption you, episodes. You you know, you you caught on uh, something that was very complicated for a lot of people very quickly, and I'm proud of you, I guess. And I say uh, you're a good teacher. Oh my God! Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. No problem. No problem. Anyway, really good. Yeah. Wait. You were saying something? Oh no, that's okay. Oh, I thought we were gonna end. Yeah, that's about it. So, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'll see you whenever next time. Goodbye. Good boy.